Welcome to the Kevin and Fred Show. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast where we highlight some of the best and brightest in the real estate industry, along with a weekly segment called Industry Headlines. We are a proud member of the Industry Syndicate, family of real estate podcasts, and we are so glad that you are listening and tuning in today, and we hope you enjoy our show. All right, guys, we're back with the Kevin and Fred Show, and today I'm joined by Coach Bert, coach, how you doing, my man? Doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. I've been looking forward to uh, to this uh, interview for for a few weeks now. You and I met recently, uh, coaching coaching up quite a few of my friends, as well as uh, I've been able to participate in some group stuff with you as well. And so um, this is really exciting for me. So, coach, let's let's start here for the listeners. Um, for those of you, for those who maybe don't know you or haven't seen you speak yet. Give us a little history, like who, who is Coach Bird? What, what, like, what do you do these days? And I wanna, I'm going to probably bounce around from on your time frame because I want to get into a bit of your story, but I want to dig in on some other parts. At, at, at pretty much 15 years old, I decided I wanted to be a coach. I was coaching junior pro basketball at 18. I got my first elementary coaching job. Um, I, I, at that point, I was turned on to Dr. Stephen Covey, who I, who I deeply studied for from 18 to 25. That's very important to the story. Because a lot of my depth, a lot of my understanding of the whole person, a lot of my understanding how to activate prey driving people really came from that season in my life when I was a deep disciple of Covey. And so I became a young basketball coach in Tennessee. I was the youngest head coach in the state of Tennessee at the second largest high school at 20, I think 21 or 22 years old. Wow. So I was kind of leading at a very young age, but I was doing a lot of different things as a basketball coach because I was always fascinated uh, Kevin, by the, the, the psychology of inner engineering people. How do I take a person, go to their deepest core of their potential, activate some kind of drive in them so they could play at a high level? So I was always fascinated by the motivational side, the, the psychology of inner engineering, of building competitive intelligence in people. And so I was doing all these cool things with my players. Like I was teaching them seven habits of highly effective people, principles of good to great, five dysfunctions of teams. People thought I was brainwashing the kids. That's what they'd say. Like, man, I don't know what the dude's doing, but he's brainwashing the kids. I love it. But I was kicking everybody's butt and I was winning. And because I was winning, people just kept asking, like, what are you doing? And so that question, uh, Kevin prompted me to sit down and write my first uh, of 17 books. And I wrote a book called Changing Lives Through Coaching. And that book, unbeknownst to me, would set out a course of me being asked to speak in corporate America. Like I had no intention of doing that. I wanted to coach kids. I wanted to go to college, be a basketball. I want to be the next Gino Ariyama, right? At UConn. That was my dream. Because I was in Tennessee and we had Pat Summit. And Pat Summit was such an influence on women's basketball. And so when I wrote that book, uh, Somehow I got interested in speaking and people, people would say to me, you know, will you come speak to my group? Will you come motivate? That's what they'd say a lot. We, you, we know you're a big motivator, you know, come motivate my people. And it was real estate teams and mortgage companies. And, and I spoke one day at Dell computers for an hour and they paid me more in an hour than I made in a month. I was working 80 hours a week, every week, eight hours a day on Sunday to build this championship program and coach these kids. And then I go over here to Dale, speak for an hour, and they paid me more in an hour than I made in a month. And I'm like, man, I need to see what's going on here. And I went home and I studied coaches that spoke. And it was Lou Holtz, which is so crazy because 
in a few weeks I'm speaking and it's me and Lou Holtz are the main speakers. Oh, and uh, so I went home and I studied like coaches that speak. And it was Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. It was Lou Holtz. And then I looked down in the corners like, man, they're making a hundred thousand bucks for an hour. Yep. I'm like, man, I need to be doing it. I need to do what they do. So I started writing books. I started speaking. And about five or six years later, at 31, I, I won a championship. My school would go on to win seven championships, seven of nine. Uh, and then I retired from athletic coaching. And now I coach business people. You know, I'm coaching some of the top EXP people in the world, as you know, coaching Jimmy Franklin, coaching Jay Kinder, Al Stasek. Uh, we just picked up Monica and Christine in Texas. Um, I'm working with a lot of people in EXP, but but that's just through years and years and years of me coaching people. Yeah, you know, I, I want to go backwards for a second. You mentioned that at a young age, you you had a desire to coach. Um, you, had to, you had a desire to coach people because you realized whether consciously or not, there was something that you could spark on the inside of people to help them perform better on the outside. Was there a coach or coaches who you saw um, maybe demonstrating that that made you go, hey, I, this is this is actually something I think I could do or, or something that interests me? When I was 18 years old, I live outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and we had this great division three coach named Don Meyer. And Don Meyer was a coach that most people will never know. He, he coached at David Lipscomb University, and it, which was a Christian, uh, small Christian university in Tennessee. But this dude was a machine. And, and he actually won more games than John Wooden. And he, he would have these big coaching clinics. He used to make a million a year in the summer off his summer camps because kids from all over the country would come to go through Don Meyer's camp. And this dude taught the players. Every player had to have a notebook. Every player had to sit up in the front one third of their seat. Every player had to learn these habits of success. And, and so hundreds of coaches would go watch him practice. And, and man, when I saw that dude practice and the way his players responded, I said, man, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to use sports to teach life. I want to use the vehicle sports to teach kids how to be real, real successful. And so I kind of had my own little greatness factory and that's what we called it. So it was really Don Meyer that inspired me to coach like that, right? And be interested in the, the, the other parts. So you take Covey, who was a whole person, body, mind, heart, spirit, deep Very methodology, good. whole person, habits of effectiveness. And then you take Meyer, pray drive, you know, success. And, and then you kind of combine those two and then that's kind of me. I'm kind of like a dynamic covey with a lot of Meyer because I have that killer instinct of a coach, of a basketball coach. I love that. Um, thank you for sure. Thank you for sharing that. That's just, that sparked something for me when you said that. Um, that's not, um, becoming a coach, I, I think is not something that's a decision a lot of 15 year olds make, right? Yeah. Early, early on, uh, or even teenagers. So to, to hear that there was someone, I, I assume there's probably someone there early in your life that had a lot of inspiration to do with that. Um, so let me, let me ask you this. All right. So you go from coaching, uh, athletics, coaching people basically up to be their best. Talk to me about how that relates to what you're doing today. Now I understand that, you know, you obviously work with some really amazing people. You're sharing the stage with some, with some of the top names in the world and rightfully so talk to me about how, when you're, what are some of the things that just relate like from an, from an athlete, whether it's a division one athlete, a high school athlete, a junior high athlete on up to someone 
who owns a business is just trying to just trying to be better, trying to be the best that they can. Yeah, it has a lot to do with human nature. And when you really study human nature, like, you know, the, the book I have coming out next year is called Flip the Switch, How to Activate the Drive to Achieve Some Freakish Level of Success. And it's about prey drive, P-R-E-Y-D-R-I-V-E. Prey drive is in an animal. A dog has a prey drive. It is a dog's ability to stalk, capture, and kill prey. That's why dogs are always pursuing something, right? Well, I believe humans have a prey drive, which is an instinctual ability to see something and pursue it. And that is universal. My, my 14-month-old son has a prey drive. When he wants something, he pursues it, right? Well, what happens in life uh, is that we we get what we want and we become complacent. We become satisfied. Satisfied needs never motivate, only unsatisfied needs. And what really translates from the, from the athletic world to the business world is that everybody has this prey drive in them. In the sports world, I'm trying to activate this competitiveness in a person, right? Those, some of those young ladies would come to me and they walk in with their head down and shy and insecure. And then I would coach them for four years and I activate that prey drive in them, build the whole person. Man, they're like little stone cold killing machines, right? Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I do with salespeople is I awaken a drive inside of them to want to pursue more. You look at the people I'm coaching at eXp, for example, they're already ridiculously successful. They're already making a lot of passive income. So why did they hire me to be their coach? Jay Kinder walked right up to me after he saw me speak for 20 minutes. First time I'd ever met the dude. And he said, man, you reactivated my prey drive. Like, like you reactivated something inside of me to go get it, man. Because in our world, we live in America, greatest country in the world. What happens is, man, we go get it and then we get comfortable. Yeah. And when we get comfortable, we quit doing the things we, that, that helped us go get it. So a guy like me walks into your life and sometimes it's just re-sparking, but I have a methodology. I have a formula, a formula in how to explain your services, a formula in how to, how to go out and prospect and recruit, a formula in how to follow up a formula in how to get referrals, a formula in how to become a person of interest. I'm like a little tool maker for, for salespeople where I create formulas and I bring that structure to you. And then I, and then I activate that drive and you don't want to go get more. That's awesome. Um, and you know, I can, I can, I can definitely see that in some of the, some of the talks I've seen you give as well as some, just some of my, my brief interactions with you as well. And, and then hearing from others that, that have interacted with you even more, what, um, I, I guess what I'm asking for, what, what I want to ask now is, so you're, you're talking to a lot of top, top people, like you mentioned, both in mortgage and in the real estate business. So I'm sure you start to see themes show up when someone comes to you and you know, there's, you, there, there's more in there that you can absolutely help them activate. What are some of the common themes that you're seeing show up? You got people that are being successful at a certain level could be, you know, super high, could be here regardless. It's not their it's definitely not their optimal level or where they could go. Are there some themes that you see kind of pop up um, commonly amongst high producers that want to be even, you know, do even more? Well, I think what I look at and I really break down in this book and, and um, it's going to come out in 2022. I've already, I'm still working through the developmental part of the book is I really say there's five activators of prey drive okay. in a human. And this is what I'm trying to figure out. Do I need to activate the drive of competition in you, right? So, so here's what I would say to a top EXP person. Let's say it's the number one person in the world because there's different ways to measure that. Some people have the most volume. Some people have the most residual. I may say, it's all good, man. But I know a dude down here that's doing a billion dollars. 
right? Like, are you comparing yourself to the number one guy at your company or the number one person in the world? Like I try to awaken some kind of competitive spirit in a person. Okay. Right. I'm speaking at an insurance conference once they, they, they parade the number one guy around. He gets up, he gets a trophy, wins award. And, and while during my presentation, I'm like, man, stand up. You're the number one guy here. Right. And so, yeah, it's like, congratulations. You feel good about yourself. So yeah, I feel good, man. You're number one here at this company. Right. And I said, man, you're comparing yourself versus the wrong people. You shouldn't be comparing yourself to your peers here. You should be comparing yourself to the number one person on the planet. Right. I'm trying to awaken because that dude could very easily say, I'm the number one in my company. Why produce more? Why work any harder? Why go get it? So competition is an activator of prey drive. Fear of losing something is an activator of prey drive. Respect, money, power, status, reputation, right? That will activate your prey drive. Uh, environment will activate your prey drive. Being in an environment that produces, that has expectation. I was doing something with Kevin Elko, that's Saban's coach at Alabama. And he's about to go in and work with Billy Donovan with the Bulls this weekend. And I said, what, what's the formula? Number one thing they do is raise the standards. Saban has incredible standards, okay? And he don't let you slide from those standards. Then they have uh, accountability. Then they have a certain language they use. Then they focus on connection. Then they focus on light, right? Like, like there's a formula that he brings to these teams to help them be national championship teams, or NBA championship teams, right? Well, one of it is standard. So environment matters. Can you imagine being on my team and being lazy? Can you imagine being around me in my environment and not prospecting every day? Can you imagine not following up like a machine? Wouldn't like last. we can do it better, but man, we do it because I expect it of people, okay? So environment is an activator of prey drive. Then you get into exposure. I see something. You know, I, you know, we're building a, a cool greatness factory in downtown Nashville. It's about a $6 million project for me. And it's elegant and inspired office uh, location with structures of exchange, intentional collaboration, auditorium, podcast studios. I mean, it's beautiful. It will be elegant, right? So in the interim, I paid uh, about, I don't know, eight, 9,000 a month to have office space on the 22nd floor of the Regions building overlooking Titan Stadium. Like I'm looking at Titan Stadium right now and the river of downtown Nashville. And my team, one of my team members come to me and said, man, why don't you save the money? Why, can't, why don't we just work from home? Why don't we do this? And I said, no, man, I believe in environment. I believe in exposure. There's no way you can sit here and look at Titan Stadium and not think bigger. There's no way. So I'm a big believer. And so I invest the money every month. So my team can get in an environment where they can work and they're exposed to bigger think. And then ultimately embarrassment is an activator of prey drive. I'm embarrassed by my performance in relationship to my potential, right? And when you think about these things, all of these things as a coach can be utilized to activate the drive in a top performer. So sometimes a top performer is performing good and it's like, you are doing good, man. You're doing real good. But in comparison to what you're capable of, you're not even close to your potential, man. How do you know which, how, how do you know which, um, what lever to pull? Like which, which, of the, which of those drives to to start with first? Uh, I don't know which lever to pull. I'm going to use all of them. <laughs> okay. I'm going to use every one of them, man. Oh, okay. I, and, 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 and it's interesting. Sometimes when you're just around a person that delivers content the way I do, it activates your drive. Sometimes just having a third party, a new, a fresh perspective, a fresh set of eyes, a fresh, like, like I'm just breathing some new life into something. Right. Like I think about what I'm doing with Jay and Al, you know, it's not anything new. I'm just alerting them to some other ways to duplicate their teams. It's not like they're going to say, man, this dude brought a whole new 
framework and it's crazy and it's from outer space and it's so different than anything we've ever heard. It's just, I'm alerted, a good coach alerts. Hey, we could do a better job of intentional duplication. We could do a better job of explaining our value. We could do a better job of follow-up. We get everybody on the same song sheet and maybe this accelerates the path. I'm not bringing any groundbreaking things. It's just the way I package and deliver content that's unique to me based on my unique background and my unique mentors and my unique experiences. So I'm, you know, I spoke last week. It was me, Cardone, Tim Grover, and Bradley. That's a good lineup. That's a decent lineup there. Like, like we were all in Long Island, about 800 people, right? Some of them's gonna like Cardone, some's gonna like Bradley, some of them's gonna like Grover, some of them's gonna like me. But what I hear people say to me is, man, the way you package content and the way you deliver it in a very succinct way to help us grow is, is what I need. Okay. Well, my gift is packaging. My gift is codifying. My gift is deconstructing concepts and then delivering those concepts in a way that gets people to move. That's my gift. Okay. I can't cook geographically illiterate, right? I was in South Dakota last week. I told people on Instagram, I was in North Dakota. I don't even know, but here's my point. If you said to me, man, I want to, I want to help my team perform at a higher level. Can you bring a structure to them? I'm your guy. So that's my lane. That's what I do. I'm a coach. I love that. Um, you've mentioned a couple of times, bounce to a different topic here. You mentioned something called the greatness factory. Yep. Tell me, um, you talked about some of the things that are in the greatness factory, but tell me what is a greatness factory? The greatness factory is a vision I had in 2017 of a unique and inspired and elegant uh, office. Basically, it's a structure of exchange where people can go to work. Like I'm in a WeWork here, right? And people rent space and they work here and it's nice, but there's no coaching. There's no intentional collaboration. See, their idea of intentional collaboration and no offense to them is to have donuts and wine at the end of the day. Right. My idea of intentional collaboration is you and I get together and talk about how we're going to make $10 million together, like, like strategic partnership. So what I do, take a WeWork. Add an auditorium, add podcast studios, add a gym, add uh, a little restaurant for people to eat, add uh, weekly and monthly content to participate in, add coaching programs, add dinners, private dinners at the Greatness Factory, or you can raise capital. To me, the Greatness Factory is like a little city where the great people work and they come and they want exchange with each other. And, and exchange comes in money, ideas, energy, connections. And that's really something I've really mastered because I do events, boot camps, retreats. And then I have this community of people I coach. And I've really, I've really figured out over the last 10 years how to create real value for exchange there. And that's really what a greatness factory is. is a, it's a unique and inspired real estate location where you can work, grow, learn, connect. You know, you really, um, when you describe it that way, you're, what you, what comes to mind for me is I'm going to forget the name of the agency, but there's a, there's a, uh, a sports representative agency that basically it's an academy, right. Um, where it's all that, but like for basketball or for, or for athletics, for the people that are, that are represented by the agents within that organization. And that that's really like, I'm really connected to that. I think that's a, that's a great idea. So now, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, this isn't just something for you in Nashville, right? I've seen you, uh, at least on Instagram and, and a few places social kind of looking for other places to do this. in. is this something, is this like a concept you want to not, you want to take like worldwide? What's your, what's your bigger plan with this? Yeah, we're in talks with people in Dubai to have one in Dubai, London, uh, Miami, Tampa, Houston, 
Scott, uh, Scottsdale, Phoenix, Gilbert. Like I'm, I'm interested in licensing the concept and partnering with people in those cities. Let's say we have one in Scottsdale or Phoenix or Gilbert, right? It's, it's, I bring the concept in the secret sauce. We partner with people in that market. We can show them how these greatness factors can produce up to a million plus dollars a year. That's just in the, in the rents and the people that work there. That's not even counting auditorium use. It's not counting how much money can be made when you get there and do deals together. And so basically we're working on licensing plays where, you know, if I say, man, we, you, if you said, I want to have one, a greatness factory in uh, Phoenix or wherever, then say, man, this is exactly how it works. This is how you can make money. This is how we make money, right? And this is the secret sauce we're bringing to the equation. So it's, it's, you know, I've studied WeWork. I've studied all the models where they have shared office space. And what I've done is I've basically taken it, taken that concept to a much higher level to where there's real value for you to have an office here. Now, what happens? Let's say I'm in this office here. This is my personal office here at the WeWork. It's all dressed up nice. And I got a big screen television I'm looking at. Uh, here's the deal. If I could come to work here and put together partnership deals with the person that's over there and get coached and my whole team can get coached. It makes the value of the office space much more valuable to me. So I could charge more rent for this office space because the value of being here is much greater, right? And that's called structures of exchange. I exchange ideas and energy with people. And so I'm looking for places all over the country to have these. That's fantastic. That's a, I think that's, that fits a need that's out there to your point. There's a lot of there's a lot of shared office space and um, very much the culture is, seems to be like the happy hour thing that, that you mentioned. Uh, so I think this, you know, just, just fills a gap for those of us who want to be around bigger thinkers, people that can push us, people that uh, can help lead us, people that we can help lead, et cetera. So I love, I love where you're going with this. Um, you, you said earlier, seven, 17 books already. Did I, did I hear that number right? The, the new book, Flip the Switch, uh, is scheduled to be out in 2022. Um, that's my 17th book. Um, you know, and, and just thinking about writing all those books, some were small, some were big, some I had publishing deals on. Uh, I think I'm just now really, really learning that game and how to use a book. A book is an asset. Book forces you to have a message. Message gets you in front of people and you don't need more money. You need more people. The people have the money. So the book forces you to come up with a concept. And, and codify that concept and deconstruct that concept. And what people are paying for is a unique methodology that you have that solves a problem for them, right? You, you're in a real estate game. A lot of agents do not have a selling system. They do not have a good seven touch follow-up. They do not have a good plan to extract referrals after a person buys a house with them. They don't have a strategy to become known, become a person of interest. I write books that solve problems for people. They're how-to books, how to become a person of interest, how to work a selling system, how to follow up seven to 15 touches, right? That's, that's the kind of coaching I give is like how-to coaching. Like, this is how you do it, man. This is how you expand. And I make it very uh, uh, chronological, very systematic for people. So they go, boom, I can go do this. That's awesome. I love that. Um, are I got to go actually I heard you mention a story one time and I don't remember what what video it was that I watched but you sh you shared about a conversation you had with Grant Cardone and like I think you referenced like getting on stage at say like the first 10x conference is one one accomplishment 
but you know, to do it now that, that it's a different ball game, right? Cause his, his audience has grown so much and that um, who he allows to get on stage. He's, he's a lot more careful with, and yet, you know, you had a story about how you met, how you made it. you effectively said, Hey man, I'm going to make this happen. Um, would you share, would you share that with us? You know, I first met Cardone in 2012. I had a radio show in Nashville on the Fox news network called change your life radio. And, um, so I had a show every week and I interviewed successful people and, and I had everybody on that show. I mean, everybody. And I was walking through a Chicago airport, saw the 10 X book. I didn't know who Cardone was at that time. I said, looks like a great concept. I identify with the concept. Dude looks like a good looking dude. Why don't I have him on the show? And I reached out to his people, had him on the show. When I was finished, he said, uh, man, I do interviews all the time. You're more prepared than anybody that's ever interviewed me. And you and I should be doing things together. This was back really before he was really known and famous. And, uh, and so we become friends. I began becoming on the Cardone Zone. He had a radio show at the time called Cardone Zone that I would, he would ask me to be on. And then he said, come to Riviera Maya, Mexico and speak at this 10X event, original 10X, like 75 people. And fast forward, I don't know, X number of years, four, five, six years. I'm in his office in Miami and he's got 10X2 coming up. I paid to go to 10X1 in Miami. Then he's got 10X2 coming up in Las Vegas. And I'm sitting across from him. And I just, man, it's a moment that I said, I'm going for it. I said, man, do you think I'm good enough to speak at 10X? He said, yeah, I absolutely do. And I said, well, why haven't you asked me to speak at 10X? And he's like, um, you know, I spent $4 million and I'm having all these people and your following's not big enough. And I said, I understand. Right? Like when, when people give you objection, I, 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 I listen to him. I agree with him. I understand. Uh, tell, you what, tell you what I'd like to do. We're friends. You told me, you just told me you spent 4.7 million to buy the space. Here's what I'd like to do. I want to help you. I'm here to help you. Uh, I'm going to purchase $100,000 in tickets. Okay. I'm going to write you a check for hundred grand. I'm going to buy 50 VIP tickets. Would that help you? He said, yeah, yeah, that would help us. Okay, good. I'm going to bring 50 of my best clients with me, but, but I'm only going to do it. I'm only going to bring these people with me if I'm speaking. They're only going to come if I'm speaking on stage, man, because these are my monster producers. This is my tribe of people. And I said, you think that would ensure that we, you know, I could speak. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think we could do that. Right. And so I buy these tickets at two grand a piece. I turn around and package them up into a package. We call that bundling stacking. Yeah. And I sold those tickets for five grand. Right. So, so I bought them for two hundred grand. So 50 in three to six months. So we made 250 grand. So I've already made 150 grand positive. And then I speak on at 10X in front of 10,000 people. And that was kind of my coming out. Like this little dude is good. Like, like he can do, he, we don't know who he is, but we like him. And we probably did, you know, I think probably that day between, you know, $250,000 of sales that day. Ultimately over the next two or three years, we did over a million dollars of business from me speaking at 10X. That's not a bad So I'll idea. always have a deep affinity with Cardone. I'll always have a, a, a deep respect for him because he gave me an opportunity and he didn't have to do that. That changed my career. So, so for the rest of my life, you know, it's like Elko, thank you. I owe you. Right. Thank you. I'll help you. So the other day he called me to raise some money for a charity thing. And he said, I need, I need some money for charity. I'm trying to raise X number of dollars to do X. And I said, man, count me in, tell me where to wire money. You know, because that's how I, because, because he helped me, man. And I, and, you know, I wish we were doing more things together. I don't have as big of an audience as he would like right now. And I'm trying to build that audience. But um, I think there's a, there was a respect for both of us there. 
Well, I think, uh, I think, I think the key word there is yet, like, you don't, maybe, maybe you don't have it yet. Um, because what, what I heard, what I love about that story, coach is it's twofold. Number one, you weren't like a brand new speaker that day. Like it, yeah. it wasn't like you were not someone unrefined and unpolished. You'd been working on your craft for quite some time at that point. Right. Yeah. Um, and re- you, so, you know, you're good. Maybe not enough people know that you're good, but you knew you were good. You knew it and you believed it so much that you were willing to bet on yourself and write that check, which I guarantee was probably, I'm guessing, probably not not so easy to write at the time. However, you saw it as like, no, I'm all in on me because I know that I, I know what I bring and I'm what I can deliver. I knew if you gave me 10,000 people, there's no way we couldn't do something. And I went up there not to sell people. I, my strategy is just to be so good when I'm speaking and so impactful that people want to do business with me. They, they, want, they want to say, man, I need this guy in my life at some point. Like, I don't know exactly what it is, whether it's going to his boot camps, whether it's reading his books, whether it's watching him on YouTube, whether it's being his coaching program. I just want to be impactful. And there's a percentage of those people that are going to align with that message. Yeah. The other thing I've taken from you is you're really clear. Um, it's not for everyone. Like there's going to be people that identify with you and, and, and want to, for lack of a better word, buy what you're selling because they, they do, they, they identify with your beliefs. You know, something I've, I've, I've worked on since starting to study some of your material and, and listening in on some of your calls is working on my, that EOS format and understanding beliefs and story of origin and, you know, really going from there. What I love about your message is you're really clear. It's not for everyone, but yeah. it's the right for, it's the, it's on the, you're the right person for a lot of people. And I think that's something that a lot of business people struggle with in sales is that we want to be able to sell to everyone. And the reality is, is if you're for everyone, you're probably for no one. The person of interest is not begging or manipulating or trying to hard sell people. I have a set of beliefs. I have a set of experiences. They can solve problems for people who share the same beliefs, who want to get better, who believe in coaching. You know, I was thinking about a guy the other day that I've been courting for a year, year and a half. He's got a hundred million dollar company. And I've been trying to convince him, man, I, I can help you. Like, I can help you. Like, I may not be able to help you if you're worth 50 million. You may not think I can coach you, but I know I'm qualified to coach your people. But then I caught myself and I said, man, why am I trying to convince this to me? If you don't see it, you don't see it. Who cares? Seven billion people on the planet. Like, like I'm only looking for people that are looking for me, man. And there's enough of those people out there to make millions of dollars. So when you catch yourself trying to hard sell a person, you need a coach. I can help you. You need to do this. Listen, it ain't for everybody. I'm only looking for a certain cut of person. That's why I say I'm looking for Navy SEALs, not baby SEALs, right? Like I'm looking for serious people who are looking for an advantage and believe a coach can give them that advantage. Why does Saban go to Elko? Why is Billy Donovan bringing Elko in this week at the boys? Billy Donovan, like he worked under Patino, like, like because they think that dude can give them an advantage. Why did, why did Jordan go to Grover? Why did, like, like when you think about this, man, why do the best people in the world have somebody coaching them? Because they believe the coach can give them an advantage. Now, if you don't share that belief, you know, I was speaking last week at a chiropractic thing and we offered a couples retreat. One of my most popular uh, products that I'm doing now is me and my wife do a couples retreat because my wife wrote a book called Living with a Monster. And it's about how you live with an obsessed dude like me. And, uh, so, man, we're selling these couples retreats out like 20 couples at a time. It's crazy. 
And one dude at the chiropractic conference come up and said, look, he's a little too much for me, but my wife said we're in, so we're going. <laughs> but but it, I, that didn't bother me when he said, man, the dude's yeah. a little too much for me. I'm like, all right, man, I ain't for everybody. I don't want to be for everybody. I want to be for people who freaking want an advantage and they see, they see me as a helping them have that advantage. And if you don't see it, it's okay. It's not, it's not, it's not rejection. I'm, you know, it's not rejection. I love that. Cause it actually show to me, that would be a demonstration of a, I'm being clear about who I am and what I'm about, what I believe. Uh, and, and that, that person is too, or at least, you know, on some level they are too that, and it's okay that we're not for each other. That is, that is actually totally okay. At least we're for something. And we're, and we're aware of what, cause you know, one of my beliefs is that a lot of us aren't aware of what's going on around us and what we actually really believe. We, th we, we think we believe things that we don't, we just, we're thinking them because we've been thinking them our whole lives. That's right. That's why the explanation of value is so critical because it forces you to get clear on what you believe. Every decision I make is based on a clear belief. I am very clear in what I believe, what I don't believe. And because of those beliefs, I can take action faster. Like if you brought me an opportunity today and said, man, I can put 500 people in a room for you, but I can't pay you. Well, I believe you don't need more money. You need more people. I believe if you gave me 500 people, I could generate $100,000 from 500 people. So I'm not worried about what you can pay me on the front end because I know if you just give me 500 people, we can deliver something. So what, why, look at how fast I can make that decision. It's based on a belief. The belief is you don't need more money. You need more people. The people have the money. So anything you can do to get in front of people is a good thing right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like, man, that is such a great and clear belief and mindset and way to approach things. Um, and, uh, you know, just realize what you said in the moment when you're really clear on what you believe it does, you can, you can make those decisions so much quicker. There's no, you don't have to have all the energy and the thought around it. It's, it's just, Hey, this lines up. This actually lines up with one of my beliefs. Boom, let's do it. Or you know what? This complete opposite from my belief. I can't do that. Yeah, and and and, that, and like I said, there's no such thing as rejection. I want to go where I feel celebrated, not where I feel tolerated. I work with some companies, man, they're 100 percent in. They they want to be involved with me on a weekly basis. Those are the ones we move the needles. I work with some companies that don't really believe in coaching. They bring me in. They say, "We'll we'll call you when we need you." And I don't. That's the that's not what I believe. I believe coaching is something like military. You train. The military trains every day. You don't, they don't hand a dude a machine gun in the military and say, watch a video. Good luck. Like they train the dude, right? Yeah. And, it, and that, that, that's kind of what I believe is training is something you do. This morning I was role-playing with my team. We could do more of that. We should be doing more of that. We should be testing them. We should be listening to every call they make. We should be coaching and giving feedback. We should be monitoring everything they do, which we do now, but we could always do it better. So, so, you know, I know when I speak that I could get better at, at, at embedding, I could get better at pitching my services. I could get better at telling stories. So man, there's people out there that coach me on those things. I love that you're getting coached. So yes. that, yeah, cause and it, that sticks out to me. Cause I know a lot of people in your space that, that are, are the coach and they are the speaker, they are the headliner and they're not getting coached. And that all, to me, that always just, it doesn't seem, um, doesn't line up you know what i mean you like if you either believe in coaching or you do not believe in coaching and and so i'm i'm, I'm to me that that speaks volumes and and i appreciate that about you yeah i can learn anything from anybody at any time see i don't have a belief that if i make more money than a person i can't learn anything from them 
right? Like, like my 14 month old son has a great spirit about him. He's smiling. He's happy. He's like, I can learn something from him. My nine-year-old daughter, I can learn something from. Like some people come into this mindset is I make more money than you do there. Like the dude I was telling you, he's like, what, what are you going to teach me? I make more money than you. Well, there's a lot more to this game than money. Okay. They're, they're, right. I've coached people that make a, worth a hundred million that can't have a decent relationship with another person. Okay. So it ain't all about the money. I don't look at it like that. Like I'm not going to take any advice from them because they haven't, you know, they're not making as much money. I look at it as man, I could learn anything from anybody. The other day I was in the gym at five in the morning um, and I had a bad attitude. Attitude's a posture of the body represented by, uh, you know, represented by physical state. If you have a bad attitude, your body, your posture of your body shows. Well, I had a bad attitude, man. It's five o'clock in the morning. I don't want to be in the gym. It's Monday morning. I'm, I'm pushing. I go to a gym where you box for 30 minutes and then you do functional fitness. It's called rock box. It's a new, new thing. It's like nightclub meets fight club. And, um, so I got a bad attitude, man. And then I look over to my left and there's a dude there who's high-fiving people, going as hard as he can, smiling, and he's got a prosthetic leg. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is ridiculous. He's got the best attitude in the whole place, right? And, and, and he, if anybody has the right to not have a bad attitude, be him, man. And I'm sitting there going, man, that dude inspires me. I'm learning something from him. And so then I did a whole video that morning on how to reverse a negative attitude. And people's like, man, I needed to hear that, man. I had such a bad attitude. We have such bad attitudes about small things that, you know, we major in the minors. We get offended so easily. We, we get caught up in things that don't matter. My publisher just sent me, sent me a message saying, man, we're going to push your book back from February to June because it's not, it's not as strong as I want it to be. My first tendency was like, what? Like, like, man, I've been promoting this book. We're bringing it out in February. I've been pre-selling copies to it. Now you're telling me it's coming out in June. And then I just took a deep breath and I asked myself a question. Could it be better? I don't want it to be a bestseller. And people say the book could have been better. Like she's right. That's why she's there. That's why she's the editor. She's like, you can go deeper. It needs to be more methodical. We need to go deeper into your brain on prey drive. We, right. And, I, and so at first I got upset. I'm like, it's ridiculous. Then, then I'm like, you know what? So I sent an email back and I said, Hey, anything I can do to make the book better. I'm, I'm coachable. Assign me a better editor, go deeper with me, get me on a plane somewhere where I, you know, like help me make the book as good as it can be. Cause that's ultimately what I want. I didn't like the news she gave to me, but, but at the end of the day, I'm okay with it because if it's going to make it better, I'm okay with it. it it's, it wouldn't deliver. It wouldn't deliver the time I want it, but Hey, it is what it is, man. I love that, man. A lot of great lessons in there. So you mentioned, um, or, you know, you're obviously doing a lot of in-person speaking things. So for those folks that uh, maybe want to go catch you, whether in person or, or online, what's, what's the best place for people to kind of catch up with you at? Um, I would go to follow me on Instagram, number one, because you can follow my stories and where I'm at. I do a lot of coaching on there. YouTube is a great place. I put out a video every day, a ton of content. If you want to get to know me better, coachbert.com. I'm an in-person guy. Okay. I've got online programs, but I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm a coach. I like people. I like interacting. I like energy. I like exchange. So I do a lot of still coaching live. I'll be in Dallas this week. Then I'm going to Denver. Then I'm going to uh, Washington, D.C. Then I'm coming out to Phoenix in November. Then I'm going to Houston. I mean, just wherever, right? Because I do believe in getting in a room and coaching people. And so it, so I'd love for you to come to one of my boot camps. 
or see me somewhere, watch, you know, anything, anywhere you can engage with me at a deep level. That's awesome. All right. Um, before we start to wrap up, I've got one more question for you. Um, before I do that, is there anything else that we, we should have covered or we could cover and we'd be remiss to not before we, before we sign off for today? No, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be with you. I know that, and I want everybody to learn a lesson here. Cardone said this to me one day. He said, man, you, you're one of the greatest coaches in the world, but you don't know how to market and promote. And he said, this ain't business, this is show business. And until you learn how to market and promote, I've had to become a better marketer and a better promoter. And part of that is being on podcasts. Part of that is being out in front of people. Part of that is learning the game of promotion. And every time you and I do this, this allows me to have more collateral. This allows us to push it out on YouTube. This allows people to see me in a different, to go deeper with me and hear my philosophy or why I'm qualified. So I would encourage everybody out there. Uh, most people don't have a talent problem. They got a marketing problem. Okay. And, and I, when somebody says they want you to be on a podcast, my natural tendency is, man, I got a lot going on. I got to slow down and do a podcast. But I, it, it is necessary to do these things to share your set of skills with people. So I appreciate when people reach out to me and say, man, I want you to be on my podcast. I want you to be part of something. I'm, I'm open to it. And I, I encourage your listeners and viewers, be open to possibility, man. You never know who's going to watch this. And I'll tell you this, my book, Everybody Needs a Coach in Life. I wrote that book. It was published through a division of Simon & Schuster. It was in a bookstore in Houston, Texas. I don't, you don't even know which bookstores your book's going to be in, by the way, when you sign a publishing deal. And uh, I go, I go to my home city, Nashville. It wouldn't be in Nashville, but it'd be in Houston. I'm like, I don't understand. But a woman walks into that bookstore, picks up my book, takes it back to her office. Okay. Number one, one of the number one energy doctors in the world says, we got to hire this guy to be our coach. I go to Houston. I sign a $250,000 contract to be their coach. He becomes my personal doctor. He, help, he, he tells me, uh, if you want to have another kid, you need to get your wife to my wellness center. Let's get all of her hormones right. Seven years, we went without another kid. My wife goes to his wellness center. We have our son, Eli. Right? It all happened because that woman walked into a bookstore, got my book, and it started that sequence of events that ultimately I'll never forget, man, which is why you have to put yourself out there and do things because you never know what's on the other side of that opportunity. That's what I'm trying to say to you take the meeting, talk to the person, follow up with the connection. Somebody connected me, me to you and said, man, you need to know Kevin, these guys out there because they're good dudes and they're in EXP and you're helping a lot of EXP people. And I'm like, man, anyway, I can help you. Just tell me what you want me to do. I can help you. Okay. So that's what I encourage your listeners to do today. And that's all. You actually answered the question I was going to have there at the end. And uh, God, that was beautiful. I want to, I want, let's, let's end on that. Um, Coach Bert, I just want to take a moment to say thank you. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to do this and appreciate what you're doing. Guys, absolutely. We're going to link to the, in the show notes to to all of the, the places you can catch up with Coach Bert and follow him at for sure. Go see him live. I know I'm excited to see you here in Phoenix uh, coming up in early November. And uh, that's it. We'll, we'll talk again very soon, I'm sure. All right, brother. You're a good dude. Thank right. you very much. Have a great day, okay? You too, my man. Take it my easy. Pleasure. We'll talk soon. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Kevin and Fred's community at eXp Realty. Learn why over 1,000 real estate agents joined eXp Realty last week. Join us for an informational webinar this Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Register at intro to eXprealty.com.